Hi, Chris Christoffi here on my podcast, Relentless Life on Your Terms, with a special guest, Mr. Nick Bell. Nick. Mate, good to see you. Likewise, likewise. It was a few months back we actually met for the first time. I contacted you via LinkedIn. I saw a lot of the content you were putting out and I was very impressive. I learned a lot and I wanted to come and interview you because I thought there's a lot of value that everyone can get from listening Thanks, to you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I haven't even bore you too much with my content. No, I actually loved it and to see the tenacity of a very young person at the time, I think you were 24 when you started into the business world, you started yep. a skincare company, Yep. which wasn't successful. No, it was a four-year slog of not making any money, living on two-minute noodles and, uh, and water, basically. And I saw that story and you said you were able to do that. Obviously, you didn't have a family at the time, so it was just you looking after. But to be able to live off $100 a month, to have that tenacity to want to continue in business is amazing. In 2008, you started a company called WME, yep. which is and was very successful. You sold a portion of that for $39 million. Yeah, I sold that in 2017. So I sold that business, but I kept the other 10 agencies in the group. So it was just time to sell. It'd been 10 years. And obviously it was a good time to cash out as well for that sort of money. Yeah, mate, someone's going to offer you a $39 million check to walk away. I'm like, yeah, mate, I'll take it. And since that, you've featured four times in the AF, the, the rich list, yep. currently worth over $200 million, so that's very impressive. And you invest in a lot of startup companies as well with cannabis, mining, fintech. Fintech, um, hospitality. Um, I generally invest in tech startups if I'm going to invest these days. I invest in what I know. And in the start, obviously, when you invested in other companies, you, you found out the hard way that investing in something you know is obviously a lot easier because you can, you can see. Yeah, look, investing in startups is a, is a tough one. It's, it's basically legal, legal gambling. So when you invest, it is, because when you invest in a startup, you invest in the founder or the founders. Now, if they have um, issues, could be personal problems, the business is neglected, the business goes downhill. Because at the end of the day, the business grows because of the founders leading the company. Yes, you can have great staff, but they've got to follow a leader or leaders. So I've invested in about 25 startups. I've had a couple of wins, but a lot of losses. Um, because at the end of the day, the founders have just done the wrong thing. They haven't led correctly. Um, an idea is an idea. It's all about the execution. And it's all about the people having behind you. You're backing, you're backing the founder and you're backing. And I, and I read you saw, obviously, Good reporting is very, very important. Make sure that you do get a report because you're investing a lot of money in some of these startups. I know you're investing you in the Yes, I, I did yeah, yeah. see that as well. <laughs> I always think it's the beginning of the end when you don't get regular updates from your investments. So if you invest in a, a startup and they should give you either monthly or quarterly reports, if they don't give you quarterly reports or monthly reports, usually there's, there's a problem with the business. Usually they're uh, going backwards, they're having financial issues and they're not basically giving you the information you need to make informed decisions. And what sort of a what sort of company, if you can't even run a report and know exactly what's going on, how profitable can you be? And I know we've discussed as well online, these massive startups that are recording massive losses because they're just raising investor money, investor yeah. money, and it's so much easier when it's someone it's else's money. Yeah, it's, when you invest in someone, sometimes founders don't see the value in what you've given them. They think it's free money, not always, just some and they raise into a series A, series B, series C, and they keep raising, but they lose focus on, actual, on actually generating revenue. Focus on bringing income in rather than just raising fucking money all the time. It makes no sense. I think it becomes a part of ego as well, people trying to get a bigger business, bigger business, but I feel if you don't have skin in the game, it's just easy to spend someone else's. 100%, and they, people value the company at $100 million because we're raising this amount of money at this valuation. It makes no sense. 
I, I'm old-fashioned. I like businesses that actually make real money that make profit. Me too. Because there's longevity. If you keep raising, eventually it's all going to come to an end because you're going to lose investor trust and confidence. interest and confidence. And you saw you saw with WeWorks the ridiculous valuations. And they're, they're just a license to burn money, in my yeah. opinion. But people are buying data, and I just don't understand how they build companies are worth billions of dollars after 15 months. I don't even understand how that's even possible. Yeah, look, I, I can't comprehend it. I've been preaching this for a while. <laughs> Stop raising money, focus on generating revenue, become profitable, have a clear plan to be profitable, not raising fucking Series C, because end of the day, it all comes to an end. It always does. Um, I got sent a, a deck last night to, to invest in an AI company and they're raising money at a $250 million valuation. Revenue is very minimal, and it's Series C. And I said to the guys, I said, come on, this is just dumb. Yes, you, you may be able to raise money with dumb money, but a savvy investor will go, come on, mate, this is ridiculous. You've got no revenue, but you value the company at $250 million. How? It makes no sense. A shoot money would be a lot harder to take though. Obviously people that think it's going to be a pie in the sky stuff, you can make X million or 10, 20 times your money, people will invest in it. 100%. And the problem with that, when you value the company at say 250 million, sometimes the founders are taking money off the table. So they're taking investor money, then taking little chunks off the table in case it all goes south. It's mate, just Which is ludicrous right. when you think about it. It's just not right. All the money should be going into the business to grow the business, not the founders taking money off. And that's quite common. And it's unfortunate because the investors are the ones getting scammed. Well, I don't invest in startups, but I've been following a lot of the things you've been saying because it's an interest of mine. And I always like, you know, venture capitalists and putting money into ventures. But yeah. like yourself, I don't want to understand this. I want it to be pertaining to finance, property, yeah. or financial services because I understand it inside out. And I know. Property is, mate, I love property. It's, it's a very stable, as you know, a very stable asset. It can generate a, a real return. I love property. I, I mostly do commercial property, but obviously you're the king of property. Mate, what's your advice around it? Oh, look, I'm in residential real estate. I do believe you should have a lot of commercial in your portfolio. Yeah. It is a slight, it's riskier. The LVR, you need to put more money deposit, obviously, because you've got businesses renting them. Residential safer, it's more affordable. Mm. It grows your wealth, but at a slower rate. Mm. So depending on your age, depending on your disposable income, is what you should be more aggressive towards. Okay. So for me, I started in 1999, and obviously it takes- Mate, you're years. an old fella, you're showing your age now. I am, well I'm 40, so I'm a little bit younger than yourself. Younger? No, older, sorry, a little bit yeah, older. I, say, I, just, I, I just turned 40, I just turned 40. So I'm a few, I think you're, you turn 40- I'm 40 next year. Next year, in yeah, March. In uh, August. August, yeah. sorry, in August. So I just turned 40 in, in October, so. Yeah. I can't enter the young, <laughs> young 40 list anymore, but it takes 10,000 hours usually to master a skill and to become an expert in your field. And I've calculated I've done over 100,000 hours in real estate. 100,000 hours. Yes. Mate, that's incredible. But it's a passion. But now it's, I'm looking at other ventures because after 10,000 after 10, hours is a long time, but 100,000 is obviously incredible. Yeah. But it's been a passion, residential real estate, passive wealth, yeah. and learning how to park your money in a safe, affordable investment is great. But it's not going to give you the returns of... 200 million, 39 million to sell your business or things like that. It's gonna make you rich, yeah. it's never gonna make you wealthy. Yeah, so I find if I invest in my own businesses or my own agencies, my return's always better. When I invest in other guys, there's a chance it may make some money, but there's a good chance it won't. Um, I'm a massive believer in reinvesting in your own business and because you know it, you understand it. You know the formula, you have a proven formula. Mate, invest, grow. 
I'm, I'm a food. Well, look, I, I always look at three areas where I invest my money. The first most important area I invest my money is in myself. Yeah. I know I'm going to get the best return. The second's in my business. The third's in real estate. Okay. So that's kind of my formula to investing because I understand them very well. And I think nothing gives you a better return than yourself. And I think you're a testament to that. So what's next for you? I'm going to interview you. What's next for you, mate? What's next for me? I was actually going to ask you that question. <laughs> I'll be very quick in the answer. I want to build a big business in the next two years where I can step aside, become a chairman of that business. Okay. We're currently settle, settling 200 million a year in finance, got 600 million under management. I want a billion dollars under management within a year or two. And oh. I want to settle half yeah. a billion a year in finance. So that's about two, three years away. Nice, good stuff, mate. More importantly. What's next for me? What's next for you? Uh, look, expanding the agency group internationally. So we've just launched in Malaysia. We're looking at Indonesia right now. So I'm looking to acquire an agency there. We're opening an office in London, then Canada. So basically agencies, I understand it. It's my business model, it's my formula. It seems to work quite well. So that's the game moving forward. I've got a couple of questions. Yeah. You now have over 850 employees yeah. across all businesses, which was currently 12, you sold one if, if my information's correct. Yeah. Your turnover is over, well over 100 a, uh, a year now. Yeah. And your goal is obviously to increase that exponentially. And that's through going internationally and opening more agencies? Yeah, look, I think if you, if you stick to one country, it's very hard. I think you max out. So which, you've done, agency, which you've done. Which I've maxed out. So the only way I can grow is to go internationally. So if there's Google in a country, my business will work. Um, it probably won't work in China because they don't have Google, but every other country in the world, my business will work. Um, so the only way I can expand is to go to every single country, set up an agency and offer digital marketing, content removal, reputation management. So offer a broad range of services. Now, when you go to different countries and starting up, because I'm only in Australia, I was looking at selling real estate overseas, but I focused on here because I wanted to take over the Australian market yeah. first. How do you go into starting a new country? There's obviously laws, there's regulations pertaining to that. Yeah, good question. The, the probably most challenging thing is to find the right person to lead the business there. Local? Uh, Yes and no, not always. Um, so what we normally do, ideal situation is they come into our business for a year, they learn our processes, learn how we operate, learn to work with me directly, and then we send them off to run an office internationally. Could be Indonesia, Panama, anywhere. That's the ideal situation. So they can hit the ground running, they understand how we operate, and from day one, they're growing the company. Uh, will they be an owner of the business or an investor? Profit depends on the individual. It's a mixed bag. Sometimes they get a small bit of equity in the business. Sometimes they just got profit share and they're a GM. It really depends on the person. Because I like that a lot and that's, that's a focus that I'm trying to do. Having the right people run the business I think is paramount. Oh mate, it's, it's the most important thing. And I also saw when I saw the business really growing, I put the right people in the right departments and I think the right people doing the right job at the right time is paramount to any business growing. It's all about people. It's... I'll be honest with you, I'm not that smart, but I've got very smart people around me that make me look good. So always understand your weaknesses, understand your strengths. So if, you got, if you're weak in IT, man, hire the best IT person possible. Like you need very, very smart people because it's going to help grow your company. I know Gary Vee talks about working, working on your strengths. Other people say work on your weaknesses. No. I'm a believer in working on your strengths, but also... It takes an incredibly smart person to put the right people around them, yep. to have the confidence to surround them around the, with people that can actually action that vision. And that's, that, that itself is very smart. And it's also ego. People with a big bloody ego think they know everything and go, no, I can do a better job than you. I'm like, well, you can't because they're skilled in that area. 
man, I know that I'm good at one thing, but I'm not, I'm shit at this, I'm crap at that, I'm crap at that. So I'm gonna hire the best possible people to make me look good. Of course. It's just, I, I believe, focus on your strengths. Yes, you have your weaknesses and work on them, but don't focus on them. So if you're not great at public speaking, practice. So you always, yeah, work your weaknesses, but also double down on your strengths. Yeah, well, I think it's important. So, so for a young man like you, what's, what's the next step? What's important? Obviously, you've made enough wealth to be able to retire. You can comfortably settle, say, I'm done now, but obviously that's not going to be your intention. It's not about the money. It's never, it's never about the money. I enjoy the process. I enjoy the game. Like taking something, taking nothing into something, it's like, man, that's fucking cool. It's never about the cash. I love um, hearing that. And I hear a lot of people say that. Yeah, me. it's like, look, when I first started, yes, I wanted to make enough money to live because I didn't have any money. But the past few years, man, it's just, man, it's a process. I come to work early, I leave late because I enjoy it. If you're doing it just for the money, yeah, there's no long-term play there. You're not, you're not going to enjoy it. Like you have to enjoy the growth. You have to enjoy the struggle. Well, look, for me, as I said, I, 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 I like to get up early at 2.45. I like to go there at 3 because I love what I do. What time do you get up in the morning? At 2.45. That is fucking crazy. But it's, but it's as amazing. I, said, I can't stay in bed if I want to. Yeah. I love getting out of bed. I love getting to the process of work. And it's never about the money. It's about the growth. 2.45 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, most mornings if you drive past my office on St. Kilda Road, you see level 9 lit up. That is incredible. And look, it's, it's, it's a passion. If I stay in bed, I've got four kids, so I have to get up anyway. So it's either a screaming bottle, get to work. <laughs> either way, I'm yeah. going to get to work. But it's the process of growing it and getting to that point, to that next level. And I always say to someone, if you had a billion dollars tomorrow, would you go to work the next day? For me personally, 100%. And that's the answer that I give everyone. Yeah, no doubt. I might take one day off. <laughs> but, so, so and basically plan out what I'm going to do with a billion dollars. But yes, I'd be definitely at work. You'd probably reinvest it and grow it, but it's all about the game and it's about the growth. Yeah. And so with everything, I want to ask you one last question. What was the, well, two last questions. What was the biggest setback that you had? How did you come back and what did you learn from it? How did you back yourself to get to that point? Uh, biggest setback was hiring the wrong people early on in my career. I hired for bums on seats rather than talent. Big mistake. Higher for talent, higher for experience. Why was the bums on the seats? Did you do that? Why was that? We grew too fast. We went from zero to 100 people within 18 months. And I was just trying to find the talent. And we didn't have a brand. We didn't have any recognition in the market. So trying to hire good people was, was tough. So I just hired juniors. And big mistake, I should have hired senior people to lead the company. So less people on a higher wicket that are more, that are more experienced. Correct. And the last venture you started was Removify. Yes. Can you briefly tell us a bit about that? Removify is a content removal company. So any damaging or defaming piece of content online that you want removed, we can basically remove it for you. It can be anything from damaging reviews to revenge porn to terrible websites, basically anything. Yeah, I saw that online too and I actually became a client of yours. So thanks for that. And one last question, Nick, I get a lot. Would you say you're better looking than me? Uh, depends on the day, depends on the night. Only two. <laughs> <laughs>